This episode of Tessa's Island Discs is brought to you by SmartBear. SmartBear is behind the software that empowers developers, testers, and operations engineers at over 22,000 of the world's most innovative organizations with tools to build, test, and monitor great software faster. To find out more about SmartBear, please see the link in the episode description. Welcome to Tester's Island Discs, your most musical guide to the world of software testing. My name's Neil Studd, and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tester's Island Discs. It's been a long time, and that's entirely my fault. My apologies. Life has been a bit crazy, as you'll find out during the course of this episode. I kind of had to put myself into self-imposed exile for a while due to various life events, some of which I won't go through because I don't know if anyone's eating and you don't want to know some of my health issues. But if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said things were calming down a bit. They're now not calming down a bit, and that's a good thing, but... Because of all of that, it's left me with very little time to record podcasts at the moment. So this episode is kind of a handover. We've had a brand new castaway arrive on the island who's going to become the new podcast host. He'll be a man who's familiar to you if you've heard his previous episode where he was a guest, or if you've ever been involved in anything the Ministry of Testing have done. The new host for the podcast is Mr. Mark Winteringham. Hello, Mark. Hello. I was going to say, it's apparently it was only nine months ago we recorded your episode. It, it seems, I don't know about your life, but that seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, yes. Yeah, it does feel like a lifetime ago. Um, I have changed jobs, moved house, and had a baby um, <laughs> within that time. Um, and it's reflected by the sort of bags under my eyes at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm not without drama in my own life as well. Uh, but things are a lot more, a lot more stable and uh, a lot more enjoyable. Mm. As someone for whom music is, is a big part of, of your life and, and your lifestyle as well, how much since your episode came out have you gone, oh, I wish I'd picked that song instead? It took me a long time to submit what I wanted to submit because there was so much I wanted to put in. Um, so I'm actually quite grateful that I get to sneak a few more in for this uh, for this <laughs> session, actually. Yeah, we'll get a bit onto the format of that in a second. What made you want to commit yourself to becoming the, the full-time uh, host, you know, isolating yourself on the desert island? Well, uh, you did. It's your fault. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, first of all, like my job change, I'm now the dojo boss uh, for Ministry of Testing. So um, I sort of kind of think of myself as kind of like the curator of um, the content for the dojo. So I'm thinking about sort of what testing topics everyone's interested in and sort of what content we can build around that to sort of uh, raise awareness Um increase you know learning and you know just basically make engaging uh, material that uh, people sort of get value from in different ways and then i mean i've always loved this podcast you know me i, I love chatting on podcasts in general and um music is my other sort of passion in life so it sort of is a perfect marriage of the two things really yeah, and I, for my part, won't be going away entirely. I'm still intending to do things like this. Uh, me and Dan Billings still have screen testing kind of on the back burner a bit, maybe. We keep just talking about doing another episode, but the, the problem right now for me is finding time to do a regular thing. Uh, but you'll hear more from me in the ne near future, I'm sure. So a little bit about the format of this episode then. Uh, as both Mark and myself have previously picked our five favourite songs of all time, or the five songs that best represent ourselves, we're doing something a bit different. This episode is going to be something of uh, sort of an anthology of our past year, what's been going on in our lives, in, inside and outside the workplace. So we're also going to pick some songs that reflect music that we've been listening to more recently. So we're going to alternate our selections, and we've got a little system for picking song number five, which uh, will be quite entertaining, I'm sure. 
But I'm going to kick things off with the first song that's been in my eardrums a lot for the past year. Um, the main reason I picked song number one is because it allows me to pick a band who I really wanted to pick for my first five selections and didn't quite get in there. They're an American band called Delta Ray. They're kind of a bit, well, they've had a lot of different musical styles. Their first album was very sort of blues, folky Americana. The song I almost picked from them first time around was a song called Bottom of the River, which has almost like a gospel feel to it. It's almost fully a cappella. Their sound has changed a bit in more recent years. They went kind of country rock for their second album, and yet it was still brilliant. And they've just started releasing tracks from their upcoming third album. The one that I've picked is a song called Heart Won't Break. And it shows their sound evolving once more. That It almost sounds like an Ed Sheeran song, and I mean that actually with a load of praise, because Ed Sheeran could just write incredible songs almost effortlessly. And for Delta Ray to produce a song that sounds like Ed Sheeran, you know, it's, it's fair play to them. The meaning behind the song is fairly straightforward, and I'm not going to dive into why it relates to particular events in my life, but it also ties really in with the book selection I'm going to come up with at the end as, as kind of like a manifesto. It's a song all about how certain things in life are inevitable and outside of your control, and, if you, and even if you could control them, you wouldn't really want to. And the only thing you can affect is how you choose to deal with those events. And this is a song, a really strong song by uh, lead singer Liz Hopkins uh, about that. Heart Won't Break by Delta Ray. So, Mark, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in your career since the last time you were on the podcast and the last time an episode even came out, which I say has been near on nine months now. What have you seen going on in the world of testing? Well, the shift to the Dojo Boss role um, has meant that it's kind of, it's, it's, it's opened the floodgates of the testing community into my face, is the best way to sort of put it. Um, there's, yeah, so I'm, I'm basically sort of interested in everything. Um, and I've been having a lot of sort of interesting discussions with um, individuals who have tried in the past, um, some successful, some less successful, in trying to kind of understand what a tester does. So you're trying to map out all the different things um, that, that we're involved in. So, yeah, trying to work out all the different types of topics that um, exist um, that we all the different skills um, and how we implement them as testers, you know, and that ranges from things like actively programming to questioning to you know a, a lot of sort of characteristic skills and stuff. A lot of people have been sort of talking about sort of empathy and uh, tenacity and a, a willingness to sort of take things a little bit further and not backing down when uh, there's a bug or a, there's a thorny thing that needs to be solved. So that that's sort of like the general sort of world has been sort of really uh, testing world's been really interesting for me. Um, and yeah, there's more that's going to come out of that for me um, in the future. And I saw recently that, for example, you've made all of the dojos talks relating to mental health all available for free on the dojo. That's a, a really positive move, I think. Yeah. So um, the idea is, um, well, there's, there's a couple of ideas going on there is that, first of all, um, it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. 
um, at the moment. So it, it just was a no-brainer for us to to sort of make these um, available for free because there's so many great talks that sort of focus on mental health. And it's really encouraging to see like that topic being discussed more in conferences, um, not just uh, at the test bashes, but I've seen it in other places as well. And I, I feel like we're kind of leading the charge a little bit with that. Um, and it's good that that's being sort of discussed and, and there's an awareness of that because not only is there the sort of personal factor that sort of, you know, that affects things like testability as well. You know, if you're not in the right mindset or you're not in the right space, then, you know, it's harder to test if you're sort of got a lot of anxieties um, to deal with. Um, the other factor as well is it's more of a practical thing of that, you know, we've got so much content on the dojo. We want to make that content accessible in different ways. So we've come up with this idea of playlists. So the, the mental health playlist is, is, is one of them, but we've got ones around automation. We've got top 10 um, and we intend to sort of build lots more. I don't want to either make you give spoilers or make promises that you're worried that you can't deliver. But for example, how I mean, you, you mentioned playlists, are, are you aiming to do more around sort of structured learning? So rather than one off watching one talk, you know, here is a series of things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we already have a certain level of structured learning in the form of online courses. And the courses are designed to be not just you watch something, but, you know, we want to inject activities in there. We want people to have discussions around them on the club, that sort of stuff. So there is there is some structure there. But, yeah, we intend to bake in more. What we've realized is that, like, the work that I've done on trying to understand and map out what a test is doing. And I should say as well, shout out to uh, Dan Ashby because he's uh, instrumental in helping me with this as well, because we're using our experience from the software testing clinic in this as well. But now that we have that structure, we have a sort of defined list of things that testers do. So we can tag all the content up um, and we can actually see sort of where areas that we don't uh, we're missing content or we can look at areas that the community are uh, interested in. Um, and we're going to do things like the 99 days of learning. So the idea is, is that for 99 days, our content will be focused on a specific topic. Uh, so we're hoping to get all those features out and get some content out for that uh, probably September time. Super. And on top of all of that, you've obviously you've still got automation and testing ongoing, which we spoke about on your last episode. But since we did that, there's now a whole separate like online component to it. There's a, there's a new web presence and also some training tools you've got. Yeah, it's massively exploded. I think we always knew that what we were working on was something special and we knew that there would be interest. But I mean, I can't speak for Richard, but for myself, I, um, I'm i both uh, terrified and excited about how like how successful it's been so far. Um, and it's it's been really interesting to see people adopting the name and the ideals Um we're starting well we've we're about a year in now so we've run this course 10 11 times maybe a few more and it's really helped solidify our ideas around it like it with the more that you teach it the more it sort of challenges you to sort of kind of put, arrange your thoughts in a sort of correct way and we feel quite confident with the course that we've got now that's we, we feel it's quite it's, it's well it's very engaging there's a lot of hands-on work there's a lot of discussions because what what's also spun out of that is automation in testing online so there's like a free like SaaS platform that you can actually do test automation against and practice things so the tech side's really exploded the ideas have all really exploded as well 
Well, I honestly don't have any idea how you find time to do all of that and have a child, but uh, fair play to you. Uh, in the downtime, you must obviously need some music to <laughs> to soothe your senses. What's one of the songs that's been in your ears a lot recently? Um, so my number one song that I listened to last year was um, by a band called Dance Gavin Dance. Um, and the song's called Son of Robot. They're a post-hardcore band um, with uh, two singers. So it's got that sort of kind of clean and sort of screamy sort of style, which um, I quite like. Um, they're quite proggy as well. So lots of really interesting technical guitar lines. Um, and I just remember the first time I heard this song, it just absolutely packed a punch with me. So there's this like lovely clean guitar line at the start. It just goes full on um, in your face as soon as it sort of kicks in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like that. Plus um, the lead singer, the clean vocal uh, singer is a chap called Tillian, I believe. Um, and he used to be in a band called... Uh, tides of man i think they were called um and they released two albums which were like they're again really really favorite albums of mine that i absolutely loved and then he left he left the band and the band changed and they're still great but they're very different to what they once were so it was just by chance that i discovered that this guy had joined dance gavin dance um so there's this sort of a second obsession of the fact that i get to kind of relive uh, the passion for this this original band, but it's sort of in a different form with Dance Gavin Dance. Say you don't hate me for nothing. Hate me for falling out of reach. Hate me for something. Never knew that you could be so lonely. That was Dance Gavin Dance with Son of Robots. Now, talking a bit about what's happened to me in testing in the past year is difficult to do without treading into like confidential territory. And people know who I work for, but I won't say it because you never know. But Skynet, isn't it? You work for Skynet. <laughs> Funnily enough, there is a, a bot in our Slack channel called the N800, which is my face as a Terminator. And like I, all, all the automations that runs as the N800. There's a little picture of me with a Terminator eye. It's great. Amazing. But uh, the things that are less fun that are going on... Um, some of this I was going to talk to you about, Mark, when we were planning the episode, and I thought, no, I'll save it for when we're on air, so I could just use you as a sounding board. But talking in sort of very broad strokes, uh, the company I work for got acquired last year by a large American firm, and it's one of these acquisitions where at first things seem fine because it's just a thing that's happened in, in the boardroom, and then weird things start to happen in day-to-day you know, office politics sort of things, which is the sort of thing that has affected me in the past, and I've been aware of it, and I've tried to stop it affecting me. But sometimes you just can't avoid it. So one such example, everyone in my product team works remotely from home or from wherever. And 
there was a, a company meeting a few months back where somebody has now announced, uh, has declared that remote working is fundamentally less effective and they won't be hiring any more remote workers. Now, first of all, I don't know how they came to that decision because I didn't speak to anyone in the team that's the team that's working remotely. But it's also one of these things where it's, it doesn't affect us yet, but it gives you some sense of where the company's vision is heading. And it's one of those things that you could choose to ignore or you can choose to not necessarily push back because it's a thing you can't change, but how how do you avoid letting potentially critical business decisions impact your, well, for a start, your, your mental well-being? Well, I mean, I'm not necessarily the best person to ask because my experience of a large American company uh, buying a small company that I worked at it, uh, resulted in my redundancy and basically the redundancy of everyone and the company being just being absorbed um, this happened it was actually my first ever job uh, so interestingly framed my attitude to working in the IT industry very early on mm. so I mean like yeah for me like looking back on what happened to me I, I, I would have I think the only option I would have really had is to find something new really I think that the problem is is that it's sometimes like the the sort of purchase of a company is kind of the intent is veiled um and especially if you've got quite a large company already so you're so far from from the actual activity of sort of that taking over and that all filtering down another example is i, I worked for thomson reuters uh for a while but the company that I was actually working for had just been bought by Thomson Reuters and it took a year until we were actually all physically moved to a different office, which meant I had to commute further away and there was no sort of, I say reward, there was no sort of recompense for that. Um, I think really you just got to ask yourself personally, like, is this, you know, is, is this acceptable for you? Yeah. It's justified if, if you're like, well, you know, they're, they're changing things in a place you know, I joined a job for X reasons, and those X reasons are now being taken away from me. I don't see why you wouldn't think to sort of move on because it it's hard to sort of push back against those sort of things sometimes. I think this is why it's such a tough one for me because obviously I've I've had a feeling of the way the winds are blowing a bit. I've I've recently moved to Manchester a few months ago, which won't come as a surprise to anyone who knows how much time I was already spending in Manchester. But partly that's because I could move without having to change my jobs. And partly it's because, you know, when I do look to change a job, it's the sort of place I might like to be working. And yeah, I, I'm really struggling to pull the trigger on it because I have a very convenient working situation right now that, that fits in very well around my life. Whereas Previously in the past, I've been guilty of putting work first far too much. And it almost feels like, why would I deliberately change the situation that I'm in right now when I don't have to? And I mean, if a redundancy came along and, you know, some money changed hands, then great. But that does lead to real risk of complacency and stagnation of, of not just like your your own personal drive, but, you know, you're falling behind the curve of what's going on in the industry. And, you know, there's a bit of me that wishes they would turn around tomorrow and make me redundant because that would just fix everything. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll happily send this podcast over to them as a sort of thing. <laughs> Just help, yeah. yeah Thanks. See how we go on. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Is that only you can answer that question of like, you know, are you willing to accept the risks of those changes right now? Um, because, it, like I say, you might have other things going on that you need to focus your attentions on. Um, or is it um, a case of 
uh, you know, knowing that having an indication of the way the wind's blowing and just making that choice a little earlier so that you know you're, you're more stable for the future yeah uh, it, there's there's not an easy solution i i know that in the past i can look back at previous job changes and i've always changed at the right time for the right reason and again there's there's kind of a paralysis in me that i'm fearful of making the wrong decision but then the pragmatic side of me says whatever decision i make if I make it for the right reasons, was the right decision at the time. And uh, it's a watch this space thing. Uh, and yeah, if anyone I work with is listening, don't panic. And it's frankly, I'm always the most cynical person in a work meeting anyway. None of this is going to come as a massive surprise that this is the way my brain is operating. But uh, yeah, life, eh? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It's funny how much all of this, uh, my song choices and my discussion, is going to come back to my book choice. My book choice will sum up the way my life is right now. When we, when we get there, I'm not going to keep teasing it, but for now, I'll move on to the next song selection. So this is my second and possibly final song choice. Um, this is kind of reflecting the other side of like my personal life at the moment. As I said, things have, have been changing very quickly recently. This is... Um, a song that allows me to pick two artists that I am really into at the moment. It's, it's a collaboration between two artists that I'm really into at the moment. The first is a, an EDM DJ called Marshmallow. Uh, he's this sort of artist who produces electronic music in collaboration with other more famous artists. So he's in the style of people like Calvin Harris and Kygo and Avicii, that sort of thing. Uh, he's had hits recently with, uh, he did Friends with Anne-Marie and Happier with Bastille. The song I picked, though, is the song he's done with Churches who are a Scottish band that I'm really into. Again, Church is narrowly missed out on my first set of five song selections. I nearly picked The Mother We Share, which is my number one song of the decade so far. Um, but they, Marshmallow and Church has done a track called Here With Me. And this is a song all about how just things can randomly happen when you're least expecting it. <laughs> it's a song about that time in a relationship where you treasure every single second you spend together and it aches every second you're not. And, you know, who knows where life is going to take us, but it's a song that, Reminds me of a feeling that I don't really want to let go. Marshmallow featuring churches with Here With Me. So we spoke a little bit about the things that we've been doing inside the workplace in the past nine months or so. Let's talk a bit about what's going on in the wider world around the community, around conferences, networking, that sort of thing. So when we last released an episode, I was on the verge of doing a talk at Cambridge University, uh, which was a talk that went really well, although I kind of had to adapt it on the fly on the day. I figured it was going to be a talk that was given to actual students who had been learning about the ways of Agile, and it was a talk that was telling them about the way things used to be and um, you know how we've got to where we are and why we should embrace what we've got. It actually turned out it was a talk to, it was like a, a cross-university initiative of uh, IT professionals within universities who are traditionally working in very waterfall ways. So literally on the day I was doing rewrites of, okay, how do I flip this round and say, um, 
you know, here are the benefits of Agile. It was it almost turned into a pro-Agile talk, which wasn't what it intended to be. Um, but I, I gave a more straight version of that talk at Southwest Test as well, uh, which is a really good event. And it gives me a chance to give the episode's regular shout out to Danny Dainton, who ran that talk. Um, that was a really good uh, event, who, a really good venue. Who, who is now literally Mr. Postman. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to think that our episode um, that we did together went some way towards that. I, it was, I, I, think, really... so. I, I think we 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 were owed 10% of his salary each. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'll hit him up for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> and obviously, of course, more recently, I've moved to Manchester, where there's obviously a massive tech scene up here. You've got things like the Northwest Tester Gathering, whose next meetup is coming up. Uh, you've got organisations that I haven't heard of before that I now have, like Digital North. There's Techs in the City, um, uh, Ministry of Testing have a Manchester meetup as well, and lots of big companies up here like ThoughtWorks and Equal Experts run their own monthly meetups with talks and food and the usual. But uh, yeah, life is not boring. <laughs> I no, sometimes no. wish it was, but. Um, yeah, I think things, there's enough going on in my life to keep it busy. You last three days and then you'll want some drama. <laughs> I need to turn around on this drama if I want it. <laughs> it just comes. It just comes naturally. <laughs> so where where have you been moving around yourself recently? Um, so uh, I mean, last year I moved um, back up to Norfolk to sort of be closer to family and friends. Um, and what's really surprised me is, is there's a there's a really good tech scene up here. Um, I've always kind of sort of poo pooed it a little bit and been a bit sort of you know Norfolk and, and Norwich tend to get a bit of a you know oh it's 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 regional you know do they have electricity there yet? Um, you know, recently someone was teasing me saying has the Matrix like the film come out yet in Norfolk? <laughs> Um, that sort of stuff, um, but actually, like the startup scene is 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 really thriving in um, in Norwich, especially and uh, Ipswich, um, from what I can tell as well, which is sort of just down the road. Um, and um, yeah, I had the privilege to uh, give a workshop at uh, Nordevcon, um, and Nordevcon has been going on for, I think, from what I can tell, at least five years, may- maybe even maybe even longer. Um, and Nordev sort of kind of as a community organization uh, run regular training up here and uh, regular meetups and stuff um which i've sort of managed to get along to a few and there's, there's uh, sync norwich there's a new node user group that's just uh, popped up as well so there's um it's it's interesting it's sort of just like whilst there's some established places um in in norwich there's there's some others that are sort of starting to pop up as well and then sort of a bit wider for me, um, it's like AIT has been my main focus. So um, I've had, it's been really interesting meeting lots of different people and it's, it's fascinating how AIT brings in people. Like we had an ideal, well, not an ideal, but we had an idea of the sort of person that would come along. We thought it would just be a test automator or, you know, someone who's doing sort of some sort of test automation and who wants to sort of go a bit further with it. But we've had... BAs, developers, uh, product owners, testers from all sorts of different backgrounds. We've had meteorologists, uh, scientists. Uh, we had a guy who um, uh, tests aeroplanes. We've had people who test uh, video game engines. Um, so it's it's been really challenging for us to sort of take our material outside of a web context and apply it. And we feel like we've been successful with that. So yeah, that that's all been like really awesome. Just sort of just going around meeting people learning about their contexts and stuff and it's, it works kind of different to a conference because you have a smaller group of people you can sort of tend to have a conversation like with with each person throughout those three days whereas conferences tend to be sort of a bit of a sort of you know quite overwhelming sort of stimulus 
yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed sort of the, the workshop environment. It obviously, as someone who's a dedicated introvert, it does use a different set of energies that is sometimes hard to to, to get on top of. But um, yeah, that that kind of learning environment can be can be really valuable. Uh, AIT is obviously still on the road, and we'll talk a bit more in the outro about um, places you've got coming up. But in the meantime. It's time for song selection number four, your second choice, Mark. Yeah, so this was uh, song number two on my Spotify 2018 list. Um, this album I absolutely love. Um, and I've been a long-time fan of a band called Coheed and Cambria, and they just didn't quite make the cut last time, um, mainly because my first initial pass of my, my five that I selected, I was like, this is just all prog. Um, it's all prog and metal. And I wanted it to sort of be a bit more diverse, but I'm really glad I managed to put Coheed in here because they are like like one of my all-time favourite bands. Um, they released a new album, um, um, and it's a five-parter. It's the first part of a five-parter um, called Unheavenly Creatures. How, how long? How long are they intending to release those five parts over? Um, it. I find with them that it tends to be every sort of two to three years. They've already done a four-parter and a two-parter. Um, so the, the, they've got basically Coheed and Cambria have this thing called, I think it's called the Amory Wars and they've built this whole kind of universe around it and all these concepts that sort of hook into it in different ways. So Coheed and Cambria are the title characters of the Amory Wars. Um, but then as that finished, um, Claudio Sanchez, who's like the lead singer and the sort of kind of the author of all of this content, he's uh, sort of found new stories and new things to sort of talk about. And it's all sort of influenced by his personal life as well. Um, and there's like comic books as well. Um, a lot of sort of art, artwork and other sort of multimedia stuff that sort of supports all this. Uh, so this is like the, the, the title track, again, like sort of the first main track of this album. Uh, it's called The Dark Sentencer. And it's just everything I love about Coheed and Cambria. It's, it's proggy. It's sort of hard rock. Uh, it's got great hook lines. It's just got this complex story. It's really sort of, like, but before this, it's got this whole sort of intro where, like, it's talking in this sort of really deep voice, all this sort of sci-fi proggy stuff. It's 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 quite silly, um, but I love it. Absolutely love it. And they're just they're great songs as well. They're really hooky, awesome songs. That was Coheed and Cambria with The Dark Sentencer, Mark's second choice on today's anthology podcast. So while we talk about catching up on things from the last 12 months or so, obviously I have another podcast called Screen Testing, which hasn't come out for a while. So I'm going to use this section uh, for both myself and Mark to just name check some TV shows, movies, maybe sort of podcasts and things we've been checking out in the last year or so, just miscellaneous recommendations. Um, my first film recommendation will be my number one from last year, which... I 
I don't think enough people saw it was a film called A Quiet Place, which was um, it's kind of like a kind of horror thriller type thing. But the USP of it is that it's all about these monsters that can sense people by audio only. So it's a film that's almost entirely silent, which for a cinematic experience was, was completely unique for anything I've ever seen. Um, the biggest jump anyone had during that film when I was watching it was when someone dropped their phone on the floor <laughs> and <laughs> everybody in the cinema jumped because they thought it was, it was a really tense moment and thought they thought they were going to get caught, but uh, it's hilarious. Um, my number one of, of this year so far, it's been a quiet-ish year for films. Um, the number one was a film called Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which is a, a true story um, about um, a woman who forges a load of famous authors letters to make firstly just because she can and because she's talented but then she discovers she can make money out of it and uh, she likes the she can't claim the fame but you know she she just like the accolades that come with it obviously i will ask this with no spoilers um i don't know if you're a marvel person but have you seen endgame uh no not yet i am a bit behind on the marvels uh so the the, the last thing we watched was um infinity wars um after a after a very stressful day with moving related stuff and pregnancy stuff uh, yeah my wife and i decided to go out and watch a film we watched <laughs> infinity wars and then we're like well i'm even more bummed out now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. yes so the intention is to see it soon well, all I will say then with no spoilers is it's a surprisingly funny film considering what happened in the one before it. Um, it's, they're obviously, there are dramatic, sad moments, but it's it's uh, quite a ride. Yeah. On the TV front, just I've mostly been binging shows that I never got around to watching. So I've seen the first series of Killing Eve now, finally. Uh, I'm annoyed that the second series is only on BBC America at the moment. And for some reason, the UK has to wait until possibly the end of May. Um, the Bodyguard, The Handmaid's Tale, Game of Thrones might even have finished by the time this episode comes out. We'll see. <laughs> but that's all going well. And my weird obsession at the moment is a Netflix series called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's one of these uh, yeah lifestyle programs about you know cleaning out the clutter of your life and the physical clutter and the ways you can actually just get around to tidying up spaces that you can't tidy. And yeah, she's all about... She said, uh, the phrase she keeps using is things that spark joy. And I'm all about doing things in life that spark joy. So, yeah. What's been sparking joy in your life of late? Um, well, you know, you, you asked earlier, like, how do I do all the stuff that I do? Um, it's basically, I just don't watch any TV or any films at the moment. Um, it's just I haven't really had a lot of time for that. Um, but uh, I, I am, I, I'm going to sort of cheat a little bit and say for sort of my film for last year that I only recently watched to sort of catch up was Get Out, which was just incredible. Um, I'm not a fan of horror films um, or sus- sort of suspenseful films, mainly because I watched so many when I was younger, I, I kind of just got bored of them. I didn't, I don't find them very engaging, but there was just Get Out really really had me captivated all the way through it um and just visually it's amazing that's why it just looks beautiful to watch as well i have watched a little bit of tv though um so i I do have two standouts which is uh uh, queer eye on netflix which is it's like wearing a big duvet on a on a a sick (laughs) day it's just it's just really heartwarming and great to watch um and yeah uh, my wife steph got me into it she was she was obsessed with it and um i sort of started watching it and now i've seen every episode and i i adore it um and then i would i'm going to be controversial and say i think that the bodyguard was a pile of crap (laughs) i thought it was rubbish okay Uh, i thought it i thought it was very silly and we could have a conversation after this podcast about that i think the superior tv show that came out at the same time was uh informer or the informer um i think that was a, a a far grittier and more realistic um 
show with, uh, you know, talking a lot about sort of consequences of choices and stuff. All right, that brings us to the final song selection. And we decided to use democracy for this. So the way we've come up with it is both Mark and myself have picked two more possible songs and we'll name check what they're going to be. And then I'm going to use my Google Home device to pick a random number to choose which of the songs gets played on the episode. So it gives us a chance to recommend a couple more songs and then you'll hear one of them. So uh, Mark, do you want to go with your songs first? Right, yes. So uh, do I have to pick a number, like add a number uh, to yours, these? Yours will be one and two in that okay, order. Okay, one and two. All right, so I've chosen um, Wolfpack, Love is a Beautiful Thing. So I wanted to choose something that's sort of just stood out for me recently. Um, so Wolfpack are kind of, uh, what's the best way to sort of put them? They're like a funk band, um, sort of kind of low energy funk band, sort of trying to take influence um, from sort of like the backing bands from sort of the 60s and 70s around sort of disco, funk, um soul era um and yeah they're an interesting sort of collective of people uh bassist joe dart is just incredible bassist um yeah so they released a new album um recently i can't remember what it's called a terrible at remembering album names um but yeah this was sort of the standout track for me so yeah love is a beautiful thing and then again another track that didn't quite make the cut is uh a song called we are by the um australian proggers carnival um, and I, I, I discovered these guys as I was in Australia, um, weirdly, um, and became a little bit obsessed with them for about sort of three or four months. Um, but infuriatingly, they've been around for, I think they've been around for like nearly sort of a decade, but they've only released three albums. They're really slow to release albums. And I think they've got a new one coming out this year. So that's really exciting. Um, but again, I really, I really like uh, their style. Again, very progressive. Um, lots of interesting sort of beats um, and the vocalist is is fantastic as well. Okay, we'll see what the random number generator has to say in a second, but the Carnival is the one that I haven't heard of, so uh, I'll be interested to see if we get a number two out of the hat. Go uh, on, number two. <laughs> so my selection, so number three on this lucky dip uh, is a band slash artist called Self Esteem uh, who is a woman named Rebecca Taylor who used to be in an indie folk duo called Slow Club and has just gone solo and released her debut and has kind of... Reinventing herself is the wrong word. She's basically she's been able to do stuff she wanted to do the whole time that didn't really fit in with her sound. And she's released an album uh, called Compliments, Please, that came out this year. It's my current favorite album of the year. I've seen her live a couple of times. Um, she's absolutely incredible. Um, this song that I've chosen is a song called Steady I Stand, which has a message that's very similar to Heart Won't Break that I picked at the start. It's all about going through shit and coming out stronger, basically. But it's kind of her, her vocal sound is very much like. Adele, but with a bit more punch to it. And um, yeah, she's an amazing vocalist. And then song number four of this section um, is a collaboration between two artists who were my favorite two gigs I saw last year. So I saw Taylor Swift last summer, and I also saw Panic at the Disco earlier this year. And, and lead singer Brendan Urie is, again, an amazing showman. The, the two of them put on an amazing show. And then a couple of weeks ago, they dropped a collaboration out of nowhere that is the stupidest yet funniest and just greatest time of things I've ever heard in music. I defy you to watch the video for this song, which is called Me, uh, without just breaking out into a massive grin. It's uh, it's ridiculous in a great way. And with that, we'll leave it up to Google to decide how this is going to work. I'm going to mute my mic while I say the magic words, just so that I don't trigger the uh, devices of anyone who's listening. So uh, one second. Coming right up. Four. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I wish I was. Damn you, I wish there was a way of proving that I hadn't rigged that. What I will do is I'll I will put all four of those songs onto the Spotify playlist so everyone can hear them all. Uh, but the song you'll hear now is Taylor Swift featuring Bread and Yuri with me. And I 
Swift and Brendan Urie with me. This is the bit of the podcast where we'd normally get the guests to pick a book selection to take with them to the desert island. Again, I think this is just where Mark and I should both recommend something we've read recently that we've enjoyed. The book that I have read that ties in very closely to a lot of stuff I've been talking about is a book by Mark Manson called The Subtle Arts of Not Giving a Fuck, which has kind of an incendiary, almost clickbaity title. There's a bit more to it than the title suggests. It's not about not giving a fuck about stuff. It's about choosing what you care about and that actually the key to a good life is giving a fuck about less things rather than more, because, you know, there are things that are outside your control. Um, you are going to go through pain and loss in life and that's inevitable. So to try and stop resisting that when it happens and to, to, to embrace it and, and just roll with it almost. And that again, there's always going to be problems in life, but what you can do is seek out good problems. And I'm certainly in a life position right now where I have good problems. Um, it would be wrong for me to say life is straightforward, but I, I'm where I want to be, and that's kind of cool. Uh, it also introduced me to a phrase that I lo- really like now called the feedback loop from hell. And this is when you talk about things like, for example, anxiety, about when you start getting anxious, and then you realize you're anxious, and you get anxious about being anxious, and that's when you get things like panic attacks, and that's how how that can spiral out of control. And it's, le- it's helped me to learn to recognize things like that and be a bit more introspective and go, okay, this is what's going on here, chill. Um yeah, it's a book that um, has changed my life in ways I didn't expect. Uh, so, the, the, well, I've chosen two. One of them I'm actively reading at the moment. Um, uh, the first one was uh, Jerry Weinberg's uh, Weinberg on Writing, Fieldstone Method. Um, I think it's a really interesting book, this, because he's not... Like, I, I picked it up with the intention of, uh, at some point, I hope to write a book. You know, uh, Richard and I want to write more around AIT for sure. Um but what I actually got from it was that it's quite handy for things like blogs. It's quite handy for just, you know, I said earlier about sort of collecting sort of material for talks, for workshops and stuff. It's a really good approach um, to sort of just collecting those ideas, putting them somewhere and then arranging those thoughts at a later date. And then the book I'm reading at the moment, which was a recommendation from uh, Michael Bolton, which is uh, The Social Life of Information by John Seeley Brown, and I think it's Paul de Guid, or de Guid. Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his surname, so sorry, Paul, if you ever listen to this podcast, which you won't. I'll send it to him. Brilliant. <laughs> but it's, um, it's really interesting talking about sort of information for information's sake and, and some of the issues around that and the fact that if you remove data, if you remove information from its social context, um, the, the the fact is is that that information loses value and is ripe for misinterpretation which from a testing perspective i think that plugs into a, quite a lot of stuff around automated checking and uh, scripted testing 
so yeah, sort of slowly getting through that book. Um, and I find that's, that's quite fascinating. Excellent. I'll put all of those books onto the Goodreads list, which is linked in the show description. So you can see all the books that have been picked by previous guests and will be updated with future guests as Mark takes the podcast forward. There's also the Spotify playlist, which has all the previous songs that have been selected, all the songs from today, including the ones that were cruelly snatched away by a random number generator. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's how we do a podcast. There are other bits we normally do. Oh, we talk about what's coming up next. Um, so what have you got coming up in the near future, Mark? Um, well, uh, I've actually got a few months at home, which is nice. Um, I've just done quite a few different AITs all over the place. Um, so a lot of my time is going to be focused on um, Dojo Boss work. Um, but then come September, we've got automation in testings uh, running alongside uh, a lot of the test bashes. So we've got uh, Test Bash Germany and an AIT for that. Same for Australia and New Zealand. Those are in October. Um, and we've got AITs running for those. Um, we're back in Zurich uh, again in September. And we have some others that... Um, oh, and Manchester as well. God, I nearly forgot How Manchester. How can you forget Manchester? I'm literally here. I know, it's just so many, so many. You've got enough in Manchester. You know, you've got enough going on there. I myself would say I have a quieter life at the moment, but I really don't. <laughs> the fact that life is so busy is, is why this section is quite short for me. I don't have any upcoming uh, presentation commitments. Um, I have a funny feeling that from the stuff I said earlier, I'm at a point where I'm gathering stories that will become the basis of a future talk, but um, nothing shows you right now. I'm obviously massively looking forward to Test Bash Manchester because it's walking distance from my house, so I could do all the things and it's not going to cost me any money to have travel or accommodation or anything, so I will be at all the things at Test Bash Manchester. Um, obviously, I mentioned name-checked several meetup groups earlier. There's a group uh, in Manchester, that I'm uh, meetup group that I really want to get involved in around social welfare, uh, a group called End Homelessness, who are basically trying to use technology to solve the problem of homelessness, which is a, a big problem in manchester as well as other cities um they're currently working on producing a, a web app to assist with this um i don't feel like i have the technical skills to assist with that right now but i'm actually feeling well maybe this is an ex excuse of why i should get some um, so i'm happy to go along and uh, start picking up some skills that allow me to help with that and i think that's about it if people would like to get hold of me through other means um my Twitter account is at Neil Stud. Uh, I don't tweet on it as much as I should do these days on work-related things, but if you look at my bio on there, there's various other accounts that I do um, talk nonsense on a lot more of the time. <laughs> How about yourself, Mark? Um, so Twitter is at 2BitTester with the number two. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me about anything sort of related to the dojo, so if you're interested in writing articles or want to create a course or just have some suggestions or ideas of things that you would like to see on there, it's mark at ministryoftesting.com. Super duper. And if you'd like to stay in touch with the podcast, the podcast Twitter account is at Testers Island, which is now Mark's baby going forward. Another baby, Mark. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, could you tease anything that's that you've got upcoming any any future future guests or themes you might like um so at the moment it's just sort of uh picking up from from where you left off yeah just just to make it clear anyone who has previously applied to be on the podcast who hasn't been on yet we still have your details mark is going to be in touch in time that's one of the reasons for put, putting market charges that list has kept growing and growing and growing we're really keen for as many people to tell as many stories as possible uh, and i look forward to hearing them even if i'm not directly involved which is sad times but uh, yep. yeah you'll hear more from me i'm sure um but i'm confident the podcast is in safe hands because let me let's yeah hopefully i've shown you enough to, to keep this going forward <laughs> well you know it's uh it's it's an honor to be handed this over and um i will take good care of the island for you um and wait your return 
And may I suggest in future you make episodes shorter than this one? <laughs> I think this is partly because we've we've not spoken in a while. So it's like uh, yeah, it's yeah, this is, yeah. We apologise to the listener for such uh, long well, waffles. You know, so we've, we've been away too long. Yeah, yeah too long. We're two old ladies having a natter. <laughs> so until next time, this is goodbye from me and uh, goodbye from your new host, Mark. Yes. See you all soon. Exciting. Bye. Bye. Testers Island Discs is brought to you in association with the Ministry of Testing. Written and produced by Neil Studd. Theme music by Tony Lovich. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island. This episode of Testers Island Discs is brought to you by SmartBear. To find out more about SmartBear, please see the link in the episode description.